Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Auto Trader Podcast, South Africa's number one motoring mo- uh, podcast. And my name is George Mini, and as usual, joined by none other than Wandile Sishi. How's it, Wandi? Not too bad. Not too bad for the last time this year. For um, the last time this year, one more race to go yeah. in F1, and uh, the con- controversial restarts uh, <laughs> of Saudi. The, of Saudi, yes, and. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I suppose the one good thing about, you know, where the race ended up yeah. was that the, both leaders are going to the final race neck on neck. There's For no, the first time since 1972, um, it's, it's happening where one and second place drivers come to the neck last and race. Neck yeah. on points. So, uh, so Hamilton got the fastest lap, right? Which, he got which lap, got him yeah. to the, the, the eighth point that the he eighth needed. Eighth point that he needed. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, so how long has Verstappen been leading the points? He's actually led the most, mm-hmm. um, and he's won the most races as well. So, in a world where both cars had to DNF in Abu Dhabi, Max would technically would, win. Yeah. 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 So there's still some nuances there with regards to what could potentially happen. Um, Does that mean that Max is incentivized to what's crash to crash to, to take <laughs> Hamilton out? I, I don't think so. I think you will get penalized if you do that as well in terms of points being taken away. Um, well, I mean, you so. saw the brake test, which, yeah. in my opinion, was not a brake test. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's it's controversial. Like yeah. you, you just don't know. Yeah, you know, that's true. As it's a true. as a steward, like what really happened? Right? What really happens in the mind of that racing driver? Yeah. <clears throat> but know. I mean, I completely understand what Max did during Saudi. And I understand where Hamilton was coming from. They're racing drivers. They're always going to use any opportunity to. Yeah, to I, I think I think Max's emotion uh, and 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 lack of. I thought he had he had moved past this lack of maturity a little bit. Yeah. So his emotion kind of got lesson, got yeah. got the better of him on the podium. Did you see that? Yeah, he just walked, walked off. off. Yeah, I mean. That's not that's not the right thing to do. Yeah, he's giving Hamilton too much power in terms of the mental game. Exactly. If he stood there and looked at him in the eyes and said, "You know, I'll see you, I'll see you see at you the final w, race," I think been, yes, you know, things would have been reversed. But you know, it's part of 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 growing, I guess. Uh, I think I think he was a little bit of a child. To be honest. Anyway, we're not we're not yet to talk about F one. Uh, I'm very 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 keen to get to the final race. So yeah. uh, um, that's uh, next weekend. Yeah, that's the time of this recording. This, no, it will be <clears throat> this weekend. This weekend. Sorry, this weekend. Yeah. The time of this recording. So by the time this podcast plays we'll out, we'll know. Yeah. We'll absolutely know. <laughs> anyway, so this uh, this episode is uh, the year in review, the year that we call 2021. And what we'll do is uh, um, uh, look at the local and global automotive market in 2021, top most searched for vehicles in 2021, mm-hmm. according to AutoTrader. And uh, uh, the AutoTrader podcast leaderboard from a review point of view from our expert journalists, mm-hmm. as well as the future of EVs in South Africa. So let's get straight into it. Um, so 2021 was a year with like, I mean, yeah, the I F1 mean, was madness. Yeah. 2021 was another year of madness in terms of, you know, these aliens that have effectively landed. I mean, who knew yeah. that aliens were not going to come from outer space? No, they're going to come from, uh, well, here, I guess, on Planet Earth. Earth. So the global and automotive market uh, seems to have bounced back, but there's some challenges still. And uh, so let's take a look at sales. In the first uh, in the first quarter of 2021, you were telling me that um, 
116,000 units sold, which is a a just under 1% decrease in sales compared to Q1 2020. Now, Q1 2020 did not contain lockdown last couple of days. The last year, I think it was the last three days of Q1. Um, So so we're really flat year-on-year 2021 to 2020. Um, you know, so so that 116,000 units obviously includes local sales as well so, as exports. So I did some digging into this. It, it turns out that this specific number is with regards to the domestic light vehicle sales. Um, so it doesn't exclude exports as well as heavy vehicles. Doesn't was, include it exports. doesn't include exports or any heavy vehicles in this commercials. Yeah, commercial vehicles. Yeah, um, but it, it's positive to see. I mean, it's positive to see that if you had to take. Just Q1, at least, um, things were already kind of bouncing back because we had full lockdown pretty much during the 2021 yeah. uh, Q1. So I want to do some some maths here. 116,000 units. Plus, you say Q2, we're uh, a 3.8% increase versus uh, uh, the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had 116 plus 112, which is Q2. And then uh, Q3 was 118, call it, yeah. which is 16% up. Yeah. So we've sold so far 346,000 new nice. cars in the local domestic market, okay? Uh, and Q4 is looking positive at uh, about a 26% year-on-year increase. So so what would that bring the number to, roughly 120,000? Yeah, around there. Okay, so um, let's call it 120. So that means we would have sold 466, just under 500,000 units yeah. locally. Um, and, uh, you know, 466 divided by 12, that means we're doing about 39,000 units a month on average, which is getting back up to where we were. Where we used to be, yeah. yeah. Getting back up to where we were. So that, that's a good story, I think. Uh, what do you think What do you think that's going to say for for the coming months, do you think we're going to be completely back to? Can we expect um, normal sales going into 2022? I think, you know, so 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 the the, the way the last two years has played out um, has caused a shift of consumers from buying new cars to buying used, yeah, cars. used cars. Okay, so if you think about it in terms of um, the economics of used and new, the used and new market. Um, the shift in demand to used has been driven by a couple of things. Three things mainly. The first thing is a silicon chip shortage. Semiconductor shortage, yeah, yes. definitely. So semiconductor shortage for new cars. So, so manufacturers are battling with uh, getting uh, new cars off their production lines because remember the, the semiconductor silicon chip is used in everything. Everything, yeah. It's like headlights. There's, it's used in, uh, uh, you know, t- it's not just the computer chips that you think traditionally are mm. computers. Like silicon chips are used for every little thing. And on vehicles, there's so many of them required per vehicle. So I think it's about 16 odd, uh, different chips. And speaking, well, not speaking to, but I read an article where I think it was HP was saying that Cars are not a priority at all. You know, the apples and the consumer, consumer uh, electronics, electronics yes. are that's where the priority is sitting with them, not vehicles. And you've got to, you've got to wonder why. And, and, and I think the reason is probably margin, uh, related because, um, you know, this, the, the silicon chip sophistication in yeah. most vehicles today is of a lower grade. You don't need such a sophisticated chip yeah, for a car to, let's say, run the headlights. Yeah, you're not like computing uh, serious things. Yeah. Yes. Um, or information. It's just purely just. 
So therefore, the silicon chip manufacturers are going to focus on where their margins are and where the importance of the, uh, their industry is, which is at the probably at the bleeding edge of, of silicon chip production. Yeah. Um, and that's why vehicles are not a priority for them. So the shortage is obviously going to impact the supply then um, of new cars specifically, and that's going to make the demand for new cars as well as used uh, go up in terms of price. Well, I mean, the demand the the, the, the demand is there, right? Yeah. Um, demand doesn't necessarily change mm. from a gl- uh, overall vehicle point of view based on the supply. Mm. It just the demand just shifts to other things. Like, for instance, demand for vehicles is still there, so the supply of new vehicles is not there, so the demand shifts to used. Mm. Demand doesn't go away. Yeah, it's just okay, kind of the size. Depending on the depending on the pressures. So the silicon chip shortage has caused um a, a shortage of vehicles in the market, so we can't get them. Yeah. Can't get them off the production lines. Um and because now demand has shifted to used, there is a lower demand it's artificial for, for, for new. new. Yeah. What does that do? Profitability, all of those things play out in the econ- in the economics of, of new cars, which then causes prices to rise. In both new and used? No, in, in new. Oh, new. Okay. We'll get to used in a second. In, in new. Um, prices, prices rise because now they're producing lower volumes. They yeah. still need to be profitable businesses. Uh, um, and, and prices begin to go up. I wonder what impact this is going to have on OEM strategy, specifically, let's, let's go South Africa, with regards to which vehicles are coming in, which ones are not. Do you think it's going to be purely based on what's available to supply, or is it going to be based on… Well, the silicon chip issue has to go away. I mean, the only yeah. reason the silicon chip issue exists mm. is because um, the semiconductor companies um, pulled back on production, assuming that mm. uh, the aliens… We're going to cause the demand to fall, mm. and that didn't happen. I hope when you say aliens, people don't think we like referring to like South African aliens. That's no, not we're referring to COVID nineteen, <laughs> the virus. That's the alien, <laughs> the alien in our midst, the one that didn't come from outer space. So anyway, so 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 prices have risen in in the new car world, yeah. right? Then that that th- those price rises causes a further shift in demand to used. Mm. Okay, so now we've got the situation where uh, shortage of cars can't get them. All right, so I'll buy a used car. Oh, no, everyone's trying to buy a used car as well. Well, we're getting there. Yeah. So, so then um, prices go up for for new cars. Yeah. Okay, further shift of demand to used. Yeah. Right, and um, very good for the used car market. <laughs> so now consumers are like, okay, well, I'm going to drive a different car. I'm going to buy a used car. So now increase in demand for used. The problem is, is the supply of used used cars doesn't go up. Mm. The supply of used is very much based on two things. New car. New car has to feed used. Okay, Mm. so people have to buy new, then feed it back into the system as a used car. So that's the one feeder. Now we know feed is going down, Yeah. right? The other thing is um, uh, uh, the turnaround of uh, how many times you buy and sell a car as a consumer. So, yeah. for instance, if consumers are buying and selling cars every three to five years, you're changing your car, mm. there is a certain cycle there. And if that cycle shortens, okay, mm-hmm. we get more supply in the used car market yes. because the turnover is there. Yeah. But in the world of the aliens now, <laughs> <It's increased. laughs> um, the, 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 the time period that consumers have uh, held on to their cars is Lengthened, yeah. 
causing a further shortage in used car stock. Mm. So now we've got a second uh, supply issue in used. Okay, that's a recipe for price increases. So the the nice thing though is that in South Africa, this hasn't been felt as hard, what you just illustrated now. In the UK, however, used car prices have completely shut up. Yeah. Because they depend a lot on, you know, Africa and the rest of the world to actually supply their vehicles. And if they're also going through it, you'll see the, you know, Europe and the UK feeling a bit harder. So it's not, you know, doom and gloom for us as, as much as it is. We're a small market. So, so, true. you know, um, and, and, and I think that plays into our favor in this particular instance because the UK and America are massive first yeah. world markets. Hundreds of thousands of cars, uh, you know, get bought and sold there much mm. more than us. So, so I think I think their uh, um, their situation is exacerbated by volume. Yeah. So that the economies of scale there benefit them as well as hurt them. In scenarios, where it's, yeah, in scenarios, yes. So uh, so you're absolutely right. In uh, you know, so 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 we've we've had this situation in 2021 where um, where where both new car has been hit, price increases, mm-hmm. and then the Less resultant on. effect into used. Uh, has caused prices to, prices to rise. Now, you know what percentage has prices ri- have prices risen over the last year? It's single it's single digits in South Africa right now. Um, I don't think it's going to get into double digit territory, um, just because things are getting a bit, I guess, calmer. Yeah. And I think the semiconductor shortage is, is not going to stick around for much longer. I, I do know that there's some, like in America, for instance, some um, they they have invested significant amounts of money in. De- addressing exactly this in the form of new factories that are specified to produce only these chips. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think it's going to happen for much longer. I think things are going to stabilize quite a bit. Well, I'm hoping 2022 is a, a very uh, different year to 2021 and, uh, you know, and these aliens yeah. go back to where they came from. Um, Let's talk know. about consumer shopping behavior in 2021. Yes. So, um, you know, you were saying before the show that Deloitte put out a, uh, a automotive industry report. Um, yeah. and, uh, and part of this report speaks to a, a digitally led uh, future state, which, mm-hmm. you know, we call automotive digital retailing. Yes. Um, you know, so, uh, and, and I, I still think that the South African seller market, so the, the dealer market is still not there when it comes to, um, building automotive digital retailing platforms. Okay. Do you think they incentivize to do so? And like, what, what, what sort of benefits do they get from doing that? Cause they're still selling cars. Yeah, they're still selling cars and, and, and they've, 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 they've Digitized the manual process as a result of lockdowns and, and, and COVID nineteen. Yeah, kind of been forced to now. Yes, they've been forced to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but a lot of it is still using antiquated digital systems, if I could put it that way. So, for instance, using WhatsApp to mm. an email and mm. um, not really automating the automotive digital retailing process. There's some dealers that have yeah. uh, that have automated that process. Um, you know, digital contract signing, um, all that stuff. It's I think it's still very much fragmented. So you've got a digital contract that you need to sign, right? So it gets emailed to you, it gets WhatsApped okay. to you, yeah. or the link gets WhatsApped to you. There's not like systems in place where you have a seamless sort of experience yes. for the consumer. And, you know, operations is not, doesn't have to invest so much time yes. and money. So, so I think automotive digital retailing in South Africa is, is, is a little bit duct taped together. Yeah. Uh, kind of like I just learned this one trick. I'm going to 
bottle this one now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind uh, of like add the step, add the step, yeah. put, 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 you know, this digital process in place. I'm yeah. gonna use the phone. I'm gonna use WhatsApp. I'm gonna use email, which you know shows that the market is resilient, and yeah. uh, you know they're still selling cars. But uh, I look forward to the future of real automotive digital retailing. Yeah, you know where uh, where you digitize the process on the front end for the consumer in a way that doesn't require too much human intervention, too much moving or, or, or going in and out of different platforms because I think that's the problem is you go into WhatsApp, you go into email, you go onto your website, you go into a back-end platform at your dealership. Yeah. Right? They're all digital processes, mm. but you've got to kind of jump in and out of them all the time. And the topic of the changing consumer shopping behavior, this would essentially – do you think consumers had a better experience online because – of this sort of transition, well, I think they had a, a better experience with uh, uh, with the with the dealer um, pushing the consumer down a digital route. Yeah, but in the background, the the dealer's still dancing around. Yeah, yeah. If if that makes sense, it does completely. You know? uh, basically, so the you consumer see the shiny thing on the outside, yes. but on the inside, it's like a chaos. It's, it's it's like the duck, the proverbial duck on top of the water, and yeah. the legs are spinning. Yeah. So so I think I think the dealers, uh, car dealers or car sellers, have have um, have navigated their way through this digital yeah. um, world. You know, with uh, with demand rising for used cars and uh, and and forcing the almost. Um, virtual selling of a car. Yeah. But I think for, for the vast majority of the market, it's, it's duct taped together. Yeah. Well, I mean, in auto trade, we saw some positive things this year. Um, starting with, you know, visits went up plus 35%. Really, really positive stuff. Um, I was scared, honestly, coming into 2021 that we would not see the same numbers we saw in 2020. Well, I mean, we saw we saw massive numbers in 2020. We're still yeah. seeing massive numbers in 2021. Exactly. So where's the top of this? It seems like because now it's stabilized. Now it's like okay, this is this is the new normal. Consumers want to shop online. Yeah. Um. So that's that was really positive to see. You know that we kind of meeting the dealers halfway in terms of, you know, people do want to you know shop online. So give them what they want. Well, I mean, we we saw uh, we saw numbers of 590 million searches up mm-hmm. until the end of November. Now, yeah, 590 million searches. I mean, that is just a staggering number. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, so what were the top ten most searchable models? Top ten most searchable models, just as people searching one model. Um, we are gonna release our Instagram. So this reports. is not make right. This yeah, is this model, model and it's not variant. It's the correct it's the center bit. Correct, but you're gonna, we're gonna release the, the new report soon, which is gonna have the full fleshed out. Um, but yeah, anyways, the top 10 up until November was, do you want to take a guess? No, tell me. <laughs> okay, for top five, I'm gonna start with top five. Hilux, of course, Toyota Hilux. Second place was Volkswagen Polo. Third place was the Volkswagen Golf. Fourth, the Ford Ranger. And fifth, the BMW 3 Series. No surprises there. Um, and then the, you know, tops, I guess the, the rest of the, of the five vehicles was the C-Class, the Toyota Fortuna, the BMW 1 Series, the Audi A3, and the BMW X5. I so, think what's surprising me here is that the Hilux is still on top. Mm-hmm. That was that was my first response as um, well. Was you know, well, and then and then and then Ranger is fourth. Mm. So so there seems to be this gap being like uh, starting to happen with between the Ranger and the Hilux. And why is the Hilux staying up there? Hilux has been on top now for about three years. Before that, it was pretty much the Polo was the the car of the hour. Before that was, you know, the, um, the Toyota Corolla. Um, but Hilux seems to be 
the the choice of of people right now that seems to be the most the double cab the double cab yeah seems to be the most popular car in in South Africa. We'll see how Toyota responds to that. We'll get an EV version. We'll get a hybrid version. Well, I mean, let's talk about uh, let's talk about hybrids for a second because uh, yeah. uh, Toyota is is gambling betting do you know uh, whichever way you want to look at it they they yeah. they're, they're betting on the hybrid as the middle step yes because <clears throat> they've they've uh, they've just introduced the hybrid uh, it's a Corolla Cross Corolla Cross yes yeah. they've just introduced the the, the Corolla Cross which is which is a hybrid now somebody said to me the other day that um, <clears throat> that um, Mercedes Benz was actually the first to market with hybrids but i think the Prius was in South Africa, in, in my memory, I think the Prius was the first hybrid which we saw on shores. Yes. Could be wrong. Uh, I'll have to do some digging there to find out, but yeah. I think the Prius there. was. So, so Toyota has led the hybrid yeah. kind of introduction. It's not, the, so the, the Corolla Cross isn't the first hybrid. Speaking of that, I mean, they've also invested billions, literally, um, in the last year on their hybrid system and hybrid production in South Africa. Yes. So, I think you're right. I think that's where they focus they is betting. going to be, um, at least locally. Um, but we're seeing it globally as well. Toyota seems to be pushing the the hybrid idea. Well, I mean, if you think about years ago, um, before battery electric vehicles were the mainstream in China, yeah, hybrids were. Yeah. So, so well, a long time before for, we even saw exactly. So, anything, yeah. so, so it would it it makes sense that. Potentially, South Africa is going to go down a similar road, and um, and and Toyota is taking the the bet. Um, but battery electric vehicles, we know, are the thing of the future. So, yeah. so other OEMs might just take the pain in the short term mm. and uh, uh, introduce hybrids, but also introduce battery electric. Whereas Toyota's not introducing battery electric right now. I mean, there's yeah. none on the list that I can see for next year. No, um, um, I mean we've. You know, I've kind of heard you know rumblings within the industry that that's yeah the focus for at least the next five years for Toyota specifically is going to be in hybrid. When you think about it, it kind of makes sense from a price point of view. We saw the Toyota Corolla Cross; it's less than the five hundred thousand rand which people want for for EVs, exactly, or uh, battery electric EVs at least. Yeah, um, they're kind of meeting it halfway with with hybrid tech, a lot lower than the the five hundred k, and a lot lower than the cheapest battery electric vehicle in South Africa. Exactly. So, I mean, but but I mean, the, the the battery electric vehicles that we do have on the road, which is the the iPace. I mean, I drive an iPace, yeah. uh, the Mini Cooper SE, which is the cheapest one or most cost effective one at I think six hundred and fifty thousand rand. Yeah. The Porsche Taycan, uh, Nissan Leaf. Can't really count that because it's discontinued. Yeah. So that's three three and a half. Um, BMW i three. Um, yes. And then we've got the Volvo XC40 P8 Recharge, yeah. which is not on our roads yet, but you can buy it. Um, yeah, you can place your order and, yeah. and, and buy it. But uh, so so that kind of is over the cusp of coming next year. And then and then and then next year, which cars are coming to coming to market next year? So there's a few. Uh, most notably is Audi e-tron, um, and I think a year later they're going to introduce the e-tron GT as well, which is the, the sportier sort of sedan coupe looking one. I'm, I'm very very keen to drive the e-tron. Yeah. Yeah. Given that I've driven, you know, I've been driving the iPace. Um, very keen to drive the e-tron. Not a fan of just the e-tron sort of, you know, hybrid um, uh, crossover. I prefer the GT. I think it's that's what's going to sell really well mm. um, because I still think that this e-tron is still priced as well. It's going to be priced a lot higher than I would prefer. Okay. Um, and then Mercedes is also going to be introducing the EQA, the EQB, the EQC, the EQS. All just before April 2022. So, uh, lots of cars come from them. And then BMW is going to be re-releasing the i3, 
uh, introducing the iX3, um, the iX, and then the i4. So uh, I hear that the BMW i3 is going to be discontinued. I think there's a new one coming okay. in. So the current, this current platform current. is being. Um, I like the current one. I mean, it looks so futuristic. Imagine if you know how good the next one's going to be. I'm not a BMW spokesperson, by the way. Oh, you're a BMW <laughs> fanboy. Come on. <laughs> you're like, uh, you know, if you can, if you can drive anything with that BMW badge on, you probably would. <laughs> Definitely. <clears throat> but on top of that, there's a few OEMs who have also come out and said that they, they're still considering, um, introducing some EVs in South Africa, most notably Kia, Mahindra, Nissan and Honda, but they're just trying to see. What's going on before they do that? So a lot of these are um, <clears throat> are betting on um, on hybrid technology. I mean, the one the one car that's not on this list which does have a plug in hybrid uh, in the market is Land Rover, the Range um, Rover. Correct. So um, there's a few. I know Land Rover is doing well. Land Rover and Jaguar are actually introducing a few hybrids uh, coming into the next two years. Um, so which, which which shows me that a lot of the OEMs are betting on the hybrids. On the hybrid, yeah. Um, also bringing bevs. Um, does it does it leave Toyota vulnerable? No, um, and I say that because of the price point that Toyota is still offering. Okay, it's very hard to beat uh, some of the things that, and in terms of efficiency, um, I mean that Toyota, the Corolla, the hybrid um, is so so good. It's very very hard to beat those sort of numbers. If you a rental company or an Uber driver, or you know using using a vehicle as your business essentially. It's very, very hard not to, to consider it. Okay, so very finally, before we uh, run out of time and end the show, uh, uh, tell us about uh, tell us about the top-ranked mm. reviewed vehicles that we have seen in the last year. So over the course of the year, as you know, we basically had our leaderboard where our journalists came and gave us a review of the vehicles. So the numbers are in. Uh, we have a final list of top 16. I go 16 because the cutoff was basically 8, um, 8 out of 10. Um, but the top car is actually shared by four vehicles, or the top uh, score is actually shared by four vehicles. Um, all getting 9 out of 10 was the Suzuki Vitara Brezza, the Land Rover Defender 90, the Mercedes-Benz AMG A-Class A35. Now, out of those three, the AMG A-Class is the one that I believe should you think be so? There. Yeah, I just, that's what about just a the, beautiful car. What about the fourth one, the Toyota Hilux Legend, which is technically a 2020 vehicle, but... You know, it's a Toyota Hilux and it hasn't changed much. That's true. That's true. I think for me, my my stand out there is definitely the Defender ninety. It was my most anticipated car of twenty twenty one. I think it's stunning. I've seen a few of them on the roads, and yeah, I mean, any any any. I mean, the Golf the Golf GTI is there at eight point five. But any any others that stand out for you? I, I think there's one for me. The E Golf was easily my most interesting car that I saw this year. Where is that on the list? Um, that came in at 15th. Um, oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, that was by far my, my, my the most interesting car. Um, well, it's the only EV on the list, right? There's also the Taycan Where, at 13. Uh, 13. Oh, there's the Taycan. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Taycan's at 13. All right, so e-Golf, retrofitted um, uh, yeah. battery electric vehicle. I wasn't I wasn't that impressed with it. Um, you yeah. know, I think the ID is going gonna, is gonna to yeah. wipe the floor with uh, uh, for Golf. So, Is there any highlight cars? Let's, yes. let's, do, let's do an ICE vehicle and EV vehicle this year. That is so the out. one thing that stood out for me that's on this list... And they are absolutely wiping the floor at the moment is the Haval. 
of yeah, old Jolian, Jolian yeah. has just popped up on these lists of searches, lists of reviewed vehicles, yeah. and I spoke to a dealer from um, Amshlanga, La Shelly Beach yesterday, and uh, um, Haval Shelly Beach, as a matter of fact, and, uh, and they just can't keep up with the demand. So I have been looking at the numbers, and in 2022, you can anticipate that the Jolian is going to start creeping up the list. Potentially even be in the top 10. I reckon Toyota Hilux is, under, is going to be under pressure. Um, uh, um, and, then, and then from an EV point of view, I drove the Taycan. Uh, yeah. Porsche uh, kindly gave me the Taycan to drive for, uh, for uh, um, um, a, a couple of days. And uh, really impressed with the car. Very, very impressed. I mean, I, I would drive it um, uh, as a daily drive uh, yeah. if it had a bit more space inside. That's why I've got the I-Pace. Other than yeah. that, uh, beautiful car to drive. But... Uh, you know what the Jolian tells me? What does it tell you? It tells me that that 500,000 Rand price point is going to be beat by the Chinese. Yeah. In BEVs. Definitely. Once we start seeing um, Chinese variants of, because yeah. uh, Haval has taught us that the Chinese, uh, the Chinese car is not a bad car. No, no, no. That perception has been completely turned around. Consumers um, are definitely showing that with, with their wallets, so. So I think the Chinese, uh, the Chinese uh, uh, battery electric vehicles might just give yeah. us a run for our money in the next uh, year or two. Final thoughts on the 2021 automotive year, and what do you think is going to happen next year? So 2021 was a tough year that uh, that I think everybody's experienced, but a buoyant year for the used car market. I think yeah. margins are, are thinner for dealers. Um, and, uh, and we have to use volumes in order to, to kind of make the, 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 the dealers have to make more, sell more cars in order to make the same amount of yeah. profit. So I think, I think this was a tough year. 2022, um, I'm hoping that the signs of this new car growth, yeah. Uh, continues into 2022 because then the entire automotive industry will benefit, number one. And number two, um, we need to start manufacturing More cars. locally yeah. battery electric vehicles and hybrids. And Toyota's yeah. already on that path and some of the other OEMs are already on that path. If, we, if, if that starts to happen next year and our new car sales numbers grow the way they are, they are now, I think the automotive industry is going to be a safe place. Yeah, um, I think final thoughts for me is, I mean, I've seen some of the, just from an EV point of view, so many cars, uh, so many new cars are coming in South Africa. Um, and the OEMs from an ICE point of view is the same thing. So I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens. I think it's gonna, you know, we've been kind of, yeah, held back in terms of what we're receiving. And now I think we're about to see a lot, a lot more. Bring on next year. So that's it from us for 2021, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, my name is George Mini. And <laughs> as usual, joined by none other than Wandile Sishi. See you in 2022. Sounds good.